we are live with the audios and stuff. With everything? Yeah, man. What's up? How are you? A little bit. I'm good. How are you, Hava? Do we need to get a jingle? Do you need to write a jingle? Hmm. What would our jingle? Maybe. <laughs> what would our jingle? <laughs> That's so open-ended. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Like, I envision what, what, something. What style would you envision a jingle being for us? Say, I envision some kind of corny 80s sitcom level jingle. Mm. Like, too many cooks? Too many yes. cooks. No, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Something like that? I can get behind that yeah. now. It's Happy and Seven. Real talk. Happy and Seven time. <laughs> yeah. I can get behind <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that was the gauntlet. That's what that was. Anyone who's who's listening, paying attention, that was the gauntlet. Uh, that was Hapa saying, "Hey, can you make a jingle?" Oh, I know you <laughs> That's can. What that was. I know you can. I will. That's exactly what that was. So, how are you doing today, bud? I'm fantastic, dude. I'm well. Besides trying not to melt, you know how that is. It's yeah, so yeah. Guy, work, guy, guy I work with came back today from. Florida Keys. It was a 120 degree heat index there. Oh my gosh. He's from uh, he's from Ohio. So he was like, oh, it was 120 degrees in the Keys. Like, wow, man. 120 is hot. And you can keep it there. I, yeah, 120 is hot. Like, I'm an Alabama boy and I will tell you 120 is hot. It, it's so boy, funny. 120 is hot. It's so funny because you and I have had this conversation about like oh, that line. Oh, it's a dry heat. You know? Oh and, my God. Yeah, yeah. And I remember even when I was over in Iraq or in Arizona, I'd, you know, it'd be 120 or whatever, and someone would inevitably make the comment, but it's a dry heat. No, no, no. <laughs> it's hot. It doesn't matter yeah. hot or, or dry or wet. It's hot. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, when you pass, you know, I think I told you the hardest I'd ever been in was 116. Ugh. And you go in fearless because everyone's told you your whole, if you grew up here where I grew up, Everyone's told you, they've said that your whole life. Oh, it's a dry heat. Don't worry about it, son. <laughs> right. And you're like, yeah, I'll march out in the desert. I'm good to go. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> like, dry heat is somehow worse, right? Like, I don't know. 116 is 116, I, and 116 I, is hot. I think for me, it's like when it when it is dry and you open the door, it takes your breath away like the air is on fire, right? But when it's humid, it just is heavy. And... Oh man, yeah, the hell with that. Like there, I remember Dude, there's the times that... stepping out of my my freaking little hutch when I was there in Iraq, and you open the door, and it's like you almost took like a one of those double breaths, like you hit your your thumb with a hammer, you know, or something. Like, <gasps> yeah, kind of thing. You stuck your you stuck your face out of a car window going seventy, or is that just me? <laughs> like it kind of takes forced air. You know, there's, there's there's things they can do in like a drier climate, I guess. You know, like if you're walking right. around downtown Vegas, right? They'll have the the misters, misters <laughs> yeah. the they have the missuses too, but they have the misters right with the, <laughs> the little fans with the, <laughs> the water, you know, and it, it blows a little mist on you and it immediately evaporates. So it's not like a big inconvenience for everyone there. If you, if you did that in Alabama, it would just be boom. Cause it's not, yeah, it's a shower. Right? There's nowhere for it to go. Yeah. So, so yeah. here it's just like, good luck. So, I mean, Best I imagine like you just walk around just constantly just sweaty. Just always sweating. We just don't go outside, right? You, you stay away from outside. So we had the World Games here, you know, not too long ago here in Birmingham. And I remember, I remember them interviewing this. I think they were from Denmark, right? This team, I think it was the swimmers. Oh, and they're like, what do you think about the World Games? And they're like, 
It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like left. <laughs> like these are world class athletes, and they're like. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I feel you. It's a whole I different level of it, like climatize, right? Yeah, they were not ready. So, yeah, the world's getting hotter, Hapa. But you're getting cooler. Ugh. Well, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's getting cooler. We'll see. I mean, yeah, the, the, the difference we'll last year's electric bill to this year's electric bill, I'm happy because I'm already saving $100 a month. So we'll hopefully get that down another maybe 50, 75 bucks come next month. So we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, but, but anyway. Yeah, it's... Hopefully we can all stay cool um, this summer. Hopefully, you know, if you want to check out uh, our thoughts about the world being hotter than it's ever been, you can check out the previous podcast. If you're wondering where those are, get them wherever the hell you get podcasts, honestly. So we got uh, what happened. We got Spotify, right? Yep. We got uh, all the places. Wherever you get podcasts, you can get this podcast. And the one from two weeks ago, which was episode five, uh, go check it out. If you want to know what we're thinking about, the, you know, the world is hotter than it's ever been, you know, measurably. It's not arguable. It is hotter, and yeah. then of course a lot of people have opinions as to why. And we had a pretty, I think, a pretty good, pretty fun conversation around oh, yeah. Yeah. our thoughts on that. So worth worth checking out on, if anyone wants to go reference the. I think we're on nine or ten different streaming services now, something like that. So so yeah. we're getting there, and and actually that was going to be something I was going to end up uh, since we do have a few people uh, watching right now, and hopefully the folks that uh, stream us because I we do have a pretty regular number that download us on a regular basis i'm kind of curious because i was going to talk to you about maybe switching our um hosting server to spotify because then what i can do mm. is the video that people are watching right now the live stream i can download mm. it upload it up to spotify and it'll be on there just like all the big boys you know on spotify so. so so you don't want me to have the the very important job i have now which is remixing and being audio on oh no no the, the audio would still be needed this is, this is you making me you know i'm not that useful as it is you're taking away like i'm just amazed that i haven't screwed anything things. up yet <laughs> i'm a i'm a whiskey disposal unit and i can hey. mix audio like those are the only things i'm good at and you're gonna take one of them away you know what that leaves me with whiskey disposal disposal unit it might, it might be a more enjoyable seven you never know yeah the, this is on you <laughs> This is on you. I'm telling my wife this is on you. She'll come Wheel. for you. You know that, right? Yeah, and I'm scared drive of that. To you. Not going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of her. I'm a baby. I it's can't right. fight back. I do, I do one, of these, one of these things. <laughs> Get off of me. <laughs> so, Hapa, we got yes, things sir. to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm going to run through really quick, tell everybody what our subjects are. That doesn't mean we will actually cover them. So we were talking. Uh, That's a good earlier. disclaimer. We should say that every time. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about, and then we're not going to talk about it. That's how it's yeah, going to go. But yeah. I was saying, you know, maybe at the beginning of the podcast, we should say, "Hey, here's kind of the stuff we want to run through." Um, so I'll tell you what we planned on talking about. So we planned on talking about bioengineered meat. Believe it or not, it's a thing. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about it. We wanted to talk about the work ethic amongst uh, younger people. So we're going to get our, our pitchforks and brooms and tell them to get off our lawns and <laughs> going to talk about younger generations and their work ethic. Uh, we wanted to talk about a, a really interesting story, I think, that came out. And we were talking about it just before the podcast that we want to cover. But there was would Vladimir Putin, arresting Vladimir Putin, if you're in another country, would that mean war, right? Because there was a whole story about that I'd love to cover. Um, and, of course, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast if we weren't going to talk about Twitter. So Twitter has rebranded. Uh, Elon Musk is is running number two in the media cycles this year, and yeah. he just can't have it. So uh, he's got to be number one <laughs> in the media <laughs> cycles. So he's rebranded Twitter into just whatever random letter he decided to to use. Um, and then we'll do you know what you're watching, Hapa, what you're hearing, Seven, and talk about what we're playing, right? So that should be a pretty good podcast. I think there's going to be some interesting stuff there, and I'm 
uh, excited. You know, everyone should know that we don't talk about these things beforehand. We save the conversations for now. Yeah. We try not to be political. We try not to be uh, controversial. We're about spreading joy in the world, but uh, that doesn't mean we won't have controversial opinions. Uh, Hap and I agree on very little, you know, and then here and there we agree, but uh, love each other the same and love to have the conversations, <laughs> and that's how friendships are supposed to work, right? I think it's a perfect example. We don't, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't always agree on everything, like with your friends. That's healthy, right? Like, that's yeah, normal. People that and he's, he's being facetious. <laughs> we usually typically agree on things. Typically. We agree on a lot. Yeah, yeah, we do. We don't disagree a lot, but it, it's honestly in conversation, you wouldn't know the difference. Um, it's going to be a fun conversation whether we agree or disagree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and definitely doesn't change the feeling. So, so let's start with um, one that I'm not really sure how I feel about yet. Let's talk about bioengineered meat, Apple. This one was yours. So, so tell me, tell me your thoughts here. So the FDA has approved. Uh -huh lab grown well okay it's vat grown it's not lab anymore because it's been approved right so now vat grown vat chicken grown. and it makes it sound way worse it's, right it's awful dude. <laughs> vat grown chicken to be served to humans and there's going to be two restaurants in the very near future that are already going saying they're going to be serving it one's in la and one's in washington dc um Surprise, surprise, L.A. is going to be a place that we're going to have lab-grown chicken, vat-grown chicken, right? Um, for those of you that don't know, the way this works is it, you literally get a slab of chicken that's never been attached to a chicken. It's, it's literally an embryo, and then they put growth cells in there, and they grow. I, I, in my mind, what I see is a Petri dish with the chicken breast, like on it and that's what yeah, i see in my i head. actually so i went so josh tetrick the guy that runs the company that made uh what is the name of the damn company let me see it's josh tetrick is his name uh eat just so eat just is the the company he runs and they operate uh, something called good meat so the thing that got approved is called good meat and he should be like he's this. actually from <laughs> so he's actually from birmingham right he's from here and so i was like i'm gonna look in and see what's up and i I stumbled across some of the pictures of the vat grown meat and I, <laughs> it doesn't help. Right. When you see these big blocks of, of chicken and I was yeah. reading into it and it's actually chicken, yeah. right? Like at a cellular level, this is chicken, Yeah. but it was never a chicken. Yeah. And they apparently go and sample cells from the most desirable, best tasting cell lines of chicken. And they're like, okay, we're going to turn that into a vat of meat. Now, of course, obviously now it's prohibitively expensive. Um, and, you know, there's, 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 there's the side of it where people are saying, hey, look, agriculture and farming is one of the biggest, you know, impacts on, on the environment. And, and not just that, but if you're in California and you go through these water cycles, right? Yeah. The, the agriculture yeah. industry is, is a big part of that. So there's a lot of reasons that humans would want to be like, we've overconsumed agriculture. Sure. How do we, how do we? How do we not do as much of that? So I get that. Um, but if it's prohibitively expensive, it's just going to be rich people eating, like, exotic meat. And I've played way too many video games and seen way too many movies <laughs> where the whole planet, like, turns into this creeping meat. Right? Like, so... Oh, God. And then there's, like, all in my head, there's, like, a lifetime of ick associated yeah. with a chicken that ain't a chicken. Right? Like, so the real question I have, and I was, I was talking to my wife about this when I saw you put this on there, I was like, would you try it? 
Would I try it? Yeah, yeah. No. I'm not going to say what she said because the answer no. she said is not appropriate for television. No. But no. You would not even trust. So Absolutely, someone said, hey, look. positively not. Will not. I don't care if they give it away. Not. Not just no one try it all. Have you ever tried the? Uh, and that's what we were talking about. Is I've not even eaten the, uh, the Impossible Burgers and stuff. Maybe this is where I got old, right? Maybe this is where I'm old fashioned. Is like I, I have slaughtered animals before. I don't know if people, you know, that's something. You know, I don't want to go too much into detail there, but my dad thought it was important that I understand where my food came from. Sure. So I have a very very healthy appreciation for like how you get meat, and I really 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 don't like the way we do it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. right? We are yeah. we we have over farmed animals, and we do a lot of things that are really skeezy, honestly, in the name of you know getting more meat into the market. And so, um, it's not all not all farms that way, are that way, but I understand that you know why people are that way. I'm not. I'm still going to eat meat. I still appreciate it. Sure. But maybe this is where I got old, where it's like I don't. It, it's a it's a block of meat, right? I don't. Maybe this is where I don't. I draw the line, and I'm like I'm not. I just got old at that point. I don't eat. The issue that I have with this whole thing is, and I don't know how much, if you've done a lot of research into it, but um, how things have changed on the agricultural side of the professional industries. Um, Case in point, corn now, there isn't, the corn that is mostly consumed in the United States is not realistically corn that was even 50 years ago. Corn, right yep. it's yep. Ge- it's all genetically engineered it's all genetically altered it's made to to uh survive pe- these pesticides that they spray on the corn to kill everything that would normally eat it um and there is actually a few lawsuits that have gone against the monsanto companies and stuff uh, stuff like that that spearheaded this technology specifically because they noted that there was an increase in lymphoma and other diseases as soon as they started instituting this corn. And so they're starting to dig a little bit more into it. Now, me me personally, I'm not a fan of any genetically engineered altered foods, and I try my hardest to not consume any of that, which is very difficult here in the U.S. Europe, it's not so hard. Uh, to get away with because they typically immediately when this stuff comes out they ban it you know like high fructose corn (laughs) syrup is banned in almost all of their products over there stuff like that so for me i i understand the food chain thought process even though we're probably way removed from that science at this point you know what i mean um but if i'm eating chicken I am eating the chicken to get the nutrients from the chicken as a result of the nutrients that the chicken ate. So what the hell did this vat chicken <laughs> eat? You see what I'm saying? This is I, I do. where my head so, goes. Well, like, this, so this is exactly where the conversation went with my wife. She's like, well, I mean, the chicken ate feed. The feed came from here, right? You go all the way down yeah, the chain yeah. to grass, which is the, actually the dumbest animal, right? Right. Because grass <laughs> is like, I'm so dumb, all I can eat is sunshine, right? Like, <laughs> grass is really or stupid. Or very intelligent. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, so so you get all the way down that path, and maybe this is, I, I don't know, right? This is going to be a really interesting to watch thing. Um, you know, lab-grown meat, it's here. Um, yeah. It will yeah. be served. Some people are going to be eating it in North America. And the GMO thing that you're talking about is really interesting because you can run across some um, foods that are non-GMO, and that's what they're talking about. It's not genetically sure. altered. You know, modif- it's not genetically modified. That's, sure. the, that's the thing when you see the sticker on the mm-hmm. stuff, it's non-GMO. And I was actually talking with you and a buddy of ours 
uh, Deacon right uh, last night. I think it was about ketchup. My favorite ketchup has been discontinued. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you have a favorite ketchup? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And I had it one time on the West Coast and didn't know anything about it. I was having a burger. It was like I was at a meeting and someone had brought in the food and I was like, all right, I got this burger, got these fries. Here's some ketchup. And it was a little ketchup packet, right? I, I, don't, I don't know the brand. I don't care. But I put it on my fries or whatever and I ate them and was like, okay, okay, that's different, <laughs> right? And so I like, I took a picture of the packet of ketchup, sure. flew back home and was like, I want to buy that ketchup. I went all over and I couldn't find it. Ended up ordering a case of this stuff. That's determination and, right well, it turns out it's it's non-GMO, and that was their whole, their whole thing was the freshest right. possible ingredients. Yeah, their whole thing, and I was like, it was actually a better ketchup to me. And so there is something to be said for you know chasing natural foods, and you're a bit of a food snob, um, in a good way. Don't mean that in you know, derogatory. Oh no, way, I, you I, actually I, care yeah. a lot about your food and yeah. how it's prepared, and and I think there's going to be an interesting set of news cycles around this genetically <clears throat> created, modified, grown meat. And yeah. chicken's the first, but, you know, Jurassic Park had to start somewhere, right? I I, I think for me, the, the biggest thing, and I'll admit I'm a food snob 100%, but don't get me wrong, I'll go down to, you know, Jack in the Crack and get a burger in a heartbeat because it's delicious. Right, Jack and a crack. Is that a <laughs> Jack in a box? Is that Jack in a box. Okay, <laughs> but but like burger. Yeah, no, no, no. Waterburger's gone way down. But anyway, um, but but the reason I'm that way is because of my upbringing. You know, we had I had growing up around me. We had a garden. We always had vegetables. So I always had you know canned homemade pickles and and you know jams and jellies and all this stuff and it was all the only things that were added were the fruit and sugar or the vegetable and vinegar or you know so it was very straightforward ingredients and to me <clears throat> and you and I kind of briefly talked on this on this before is you know I talk about HEB and I think that's where I've become a true Texan because you know everything's better here you know but I <laughs> I talk about HEB is having their own products just like any other supermarket but you if you buy their products like there's a bag of corn chips in there and you turn it over and it you look at the ingredients and it literally says corn mace and then cooked in sunflower oil and salt sea salt and that that's literally the ingredients no motto right. sodium right. glutamate blah 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 all these chemical names and that to me is is huge so and I, I would be willing to believe that your the ketchup you like is probably pretty similar right it's probably like white vinegar oh, absolutely. And that's what it turned and, out to be right yeah. i didn't i didn't know that right when i bought it i just liked it and then i yeah. got it and i was looking at it i was like okay their whole thing yeah is that right it's yeah. natural food you know there's a there's a show that uh i've been i've been in the same room as someone else was watching it for quite a bit of time the bear um, and it's about a restaurant family, and you may actually like this show. But one of the episodes we were watching last night was uh, a woman who wants to be a chef, right? And she's she's trying to make her recipe, and she's trying to start she's going to start her own restaurant, and she's sure. making her recipes. And one of the things she does is she goes out and she tastes, right, all these different restaurants around the city. She's going to go out and she's going to taste them because she's trying to get her palate into a point where she's being creative. And so she's going and tasting these things, and then she goes into the kitchen and she's going to make this recipe. And what it turns out to be is she went way over the top and got too creative. Right, and it's like fifteen ingredients, yeah, prepared yeah. seven different ways, and the neck, the other chef comes in and is like, "Chef, this is too much. You need like 
two ingredients or three, but they got to be on point and they got to be prepared perfect. That's yeah. the magic. Yeah. Is it's not a surprise that I'm eating yeah. a scallop, right? Like the, my favorite restaurant I've ever been to was there was a scallop, right? And I was like, I have to get scallops. Well, I didn't know this, but they flew them in every morning from Maine and they had a oh, special wow. order, right? And so I get these scallops and I, it's just a scallop prepared well, a little bit of butter, a little pepper on top. That's it. Yeah. And you take a bite and it's like, okay, that's the best scallop I ever had. Yeah. You know? Someone and, and, handed me a mango the other day, dude. Oh, man. Same thing. So Someone good. gave me a mango. I had never tasted. It was a lot closer to a peach than I thought it was. So yeah. they gave me this mango, and, and they were like, look, it was a birthday present, in fact. Guy gave me a, a single mango for a birthday present. Interesting. He hands it to me. Yeah, he hands it to me, and I'm like, thank you. And he said, oh, no, no. Thank me later. <laughs> And I tell you, I came home, I cut the thing, and we ate it. And I was like, holy, wow, that is amazing. You never had mango before? Oh, no, I've had mangoes. Okay. This one's just ripe, and it was good. And Well, he gets it imported. Ah, uh, okay. He's got a special source for a mango on a farm, right? And, it, and it's a different thing sure. when it's that close to yeah. the real. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I, th I think I have a problem with a lot of the foods now is we... I don't know where it came from, but for some reason we have it in our heads today that we have to reproduce what nature already provides. Maybe it's it's the more you know more cheaper faster mentality. I don't know if that's you know, but to me it's like you know if you you and I talked about fresh baked bread the other day, you know yep. fr fresh baked bread with the basic yeast, flour, salt, maybe a pinch of sugar, don't need sugar, whatever is the most amazing tasting bread ever. And yet you go and read the instruction. There's like 35 different ingredients in bread in the store right now. Right. Like, and, and that's, and that's the other thing is I don't know if I've ever told you, but like at one point I wanted to be a nutritionist when I was getting, mm. getting out of the no, Navy. About that. So I'm a certified nutritionist. And so for me, I also know what, how your body metabolizes a lot of these chemicals and stuff and how it stores a lot of that stuff and, and, or doesn't, you know, and so for me, ingredients are really important. That's probably fed into my food snobbery, you know, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't get on board. I, I would have to get to a point where uh, a pack of chicken is like $100 for a pack of chicken for me to consider getting a chicken breast that's never actually been on a chicken. <laughs> yeah, and like, that one would be 20 bucks, let's say, 20 bucks right. a pound or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about is that this is the first step towards, okay, we figured it out, now make it super cheap so we can make all the chicken farmers lose business, right? That's what yeah. worries me. Yeah. <clears throat> so. so there's but, probably not a good path from being a chicken farmer to being a molecular biologist in a lab in San Francisco. Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. I, I don't know. Probably man. not that I, job waiting on them, you know, to cruise yeah. off of the chicken farm in Iowa and arrive in San Francisco. Hey, my farm is closed down. I'm here for a job. They're probably not going to get a job there. Right? Not going to happen because they've got their yeah. impossible chicken now, right? Like, and by the way, I looked at an impossible burger because I was thinking about trying it and just looking at it made me decide. <laughs> like, you mean you laid eyes upon yeah. the Impossible Burger? Yeah, you I went you to, didn't look I went at it, to, like, online? You went... No, no. I, I went to dinner with my brother and some family members, and they're vegetarian, strictly vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And so they told my brother to pick up some Impossible Burgers. I never had them before, but I looked at it, and it looked like... To me, it looked like a giant pencil eraser that had been sliced into wafers. That's what it looked like to me. Okay. 
<laughs> no, I don't know how else to those are, Yeah, those are primarily plant-based, too. So they're, that's a really it is good point because completely. they're... So I, you know, Impossible Burgers, that's, you know, I think it was Burger King that came out, and they were like, hey, we got the Impossible Burger. If you're a vegan, you can eat here. If you're a vegetarian, you can eat here. So what was interesting, um, lab-grown meat. Vegan-friendly? I mean, it should... Oh, that's a valid... Actually, that's a valid question. So at some <laughs> point, are we going to have lab-grown beef and bacon? Oh, uh, <clears throat> you get my attention when you get that bacon on there, because I'll Cause, try some varieties of bacon now. Because right now, they got tofurkey, right? Yep. And it's not... It's not turkey. I mean, are there vegans out there saying, oh my God, grow it in a lab, it's no kill, right? So now I I'm mean, curious. Yeah, I suppose that would depend on why the person's a vegan, right? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought process there. <laughs> I like I locked you up. That's how we should have put it. Should have put that in there. Will vegans be able to eat chicken now? <laughs> that's yeah, a valid question. Is it, you know, is it? And I and I wonder. You know, if you're a vegan, I know quite a few vegans. Got some friends who are who are vegans for different reasons, right? You've got some people who are yeah, vegan for yeah. one reason, and some people who are vegans for another, and. Um, I'm really. I would be really curious to talk to them about this. I'm going to try that in the next, you know, few days. I'll hit them up. That's and interesting. Like, hey, look, is this lab-grown meat? Can we go have wings now? Right? Like, <laughs> can, is this back on the menu, or are you still like, no, I'm going to have seitan? Right? Like, is this where? Where are we here? That's interesting. That's that. Yeah, that tofu. You did throw me for a loop with that one. I wasn't expecting that thought. I don't. I definitely <laughs> don't have an answer to it. But I am curious now. You know, if there's lab-grown meat, it's no kill. Yeah. Never had a face. For sure. Never had a face. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, as meat, <laughs> lab-grown meat gets out of control, gets out of the lab. We'll circle the, back the around. The growth process can't, can't be stopped. And as, you know, as this lab-grown meat takes over the Bay Area in California, oh it's just a big meat wad. You know, so running that's off what the, the disaster Pacific. in California is going to be? It's not going to be an earthquake? I think or... so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think we've now chicken. established... Yeah, someone's going to be like, I have a hyper-growth hormone I can add to this chicken. And it's going to be like the... They're going to add it. It's like, oh, my God, scientist X, you're amazing. And he's going to put a drop in there, and it's going to be... Oh, my God. And it's going to take over the whole, the whole Bay Area, scary. I'm convinced. I don't care what you say, actually. Oh, no, that's terrifying. Vat-grown meat... <laughs> I, I, I'm just serious. Vat-grown meat to me. I, 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 it's upsetting to me that we've gone to that level. <laughs> you think we jumped a shark? A little bit. A little bit. Proof that we're in a simulation. Chickens can be made in a vat. <laughs> Anyways, what do we right. have? So, so next up, next up, um, without a good segue, we never found one, which doesn't surprise me given the subject change. Um, <laughs> you know, usually I do a little bit better job of ordering these. Yeah, this one's, this one's uh, not easy. I threw a couple in there. Yeah, yeah this one is going to be interesting to talk about, and this really comes from a couple of conversations um, a lot of times, full disclosure, when we're getting these subjects together, it's Hapa and I sending back and forth news articles, you yeah. know, from AP or whoever it is, and we're like, oh, let's read up on this and, and learn a little bit about it. This one, however, came out of a, con a conversation, or really a series of conversations we've been having for a while. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's around work ethic uh, among young people, and I don't want to go, you know, oh, Generation Z or lizard people. I'm not going to do that, right? But it is it is how work ethic is being impacted as we trend further into the future, young people just being the further into the future people. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah, what are your thoughts? You um, did this one on here. I definitely think there's some validity there. I mean, it, from what I noted, there at least is a 
pretty prominent mentality of people that want to, in a fashion, I agree with the mentality. Like the thinking is solid, right. but it doesn't help anybody, right? So I want to get the most that I possibly can get for the minimalist amount of work that I could possibly do, you know, which is it good thought process right because no company gives a crap about their employees i don't care what any company says right at the end of the day you're just a number and they will get another number regardless but i think some thought process towards professionalism has shifted away from you know like i grew up i don't i don't know how you grew up but i grew up if you're gonna do something do it right period like do it, do it right, do it to your best extent possible. And that's how you should be, period. You know, your words, your bond, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I wanted to make, make sure, to be clear, I'm not trying to say, like, everybody younger than me is just garbage. Like, I'm not trying to say that at all. I just... <laughs> old man, old man Hapa has... Get has off my lawn. This podcast today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I. It, it's been an interesting. Um, and you definitely have a better perspective, team. right, than I do. Obviously, I, I don't know that I have a better perspective. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't say that. I, I have a perspective, you know, and and I want to go back really to how I was raised because I was raised that hard work in and of itself is a reward. And um, if you're if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Right. Never half-ass anything. Um, whole ass, you know, one thing. And there's been formative moments in my life, and I realized at some point that the work I was doing was rewarding, but I yeah. treated it like a craft. And one of the perspectives I've kind of formed over the past however many years is there are still people out there who find the thing that they love, and they treat it like their craft. In other words, you know, if you have an artist who's going to work with clay, and they want to be amazing. The the amount of energy, time, attention they'll put into working that clay is is pretty staggering. You know, right. paints the same way, music, whatever it is. And to a degree, it used to be that people combined that passion with work. Right. And I think now what I'm witnessing is there people are pretty dispassionate towards work a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that there's. Um, you know, there is a trend where people are like, no, I want to do less work and live more life. And I don't disagree with that trend in any way, shape, or form. Right. But th there are times when it goes flatly to an unprofessional state. And <clears throat> there's an interesting – I spent a couple of years actually doing research into professionalism. And I, I was wanting to talk about this here because, honestly, I don't get to talk about it anywhere else. So this is a really interesting moment. But I spent a bunch of time, and I, I went around and interviewed, and it was hundreds of people. And what I was trying to do because I was doing it for a nonprofit – that I was helping out and I was helping out this this not-for-profit organization and their job was to prepare people for a professional career who had not been raised in a sure. professional home did not have a professional mentor <clears throat> had never been at, you know exposed to that so I was working with this group and, and I went around and interviewed all these people and the question I asked every single one of them I sat them down took them to lunch took them to coffee just sat them down and asked them the question what does it mean to be professional and the most fascinating thing came out of that for me not a single one of those people could define being a professional except to say what's not professional. And so every wow. one of them, instead of saying, oh, here's what a professional is, they would say, here's what you do that is unprofessional and that keeps you from being a professional. So it's being late, 
is dressing sloppy, whatever the things were that they had in their particular list. And the lists varied. There was a lot of common things sure. in there, you know. Um, but the lists varied, and I thought, what a fascinating thing that as a society, and this is my take on this, right? I'm not a researcher. I've worked with plenty of researchers, so I am not a human being who's like, I did my research. No, no, no. I've worked with those people. <laughs> right. right. No, no, I didn't do research. I read a website. Right. They do research. So I'm not a researcher, and so this is, you know, just what I took from that is prof the, the term professionalism in and of itself is decaying. We as a society had learned a shared, I guarantee if you and I sat down, we could look at someone and say it's professional, not professional, we could get on the list. And here's the example that came out of it. Picture a thug, okay? Now picture an assassin. One of those is a professional. Right, yeah, for sure. They do the same job, but yeah. everything you pictured, one of them's a professional, right? Yeah. And so you can really dig into that, and I find it fascinating, because I just don't think, I think there's an awful lot of, of people younger now, and it's not everyone, but an awful lot of people who are younger now who just don't care about being a professional. They don't care about the craft. They don't care about saying, I'm the best electrician that has ever been. It's not, it's not important to them. And that is literally how I've lived my entire life. If I'm doing a thing, it's because I'm going to do it all the way. I'm passionate about it. Right. That's my craft. Right. Right. If I'm going to go play golf, I'm, I'm you know, getting back into golf, right? I'm going to work. I'm right. Gonna get, I'm gonna, I want to be good at it. I want to be... So I don't know. To me, it's, it's a different... We're, we're definitely witnessing a shift. Definitely witnessing a shift here. Where, where do you... Where do you think this might be coming from, or might have occurred as a result of? <clears throat> yeah, um, I know that's a kind of a broad question. It's a loaded, yeah, it's a loaded question. I would, I would say, I would love to to know if this is an international problem or a North America problem. Okay, you know, we are post-industrial in North America. Um, an awful lot of people, you know, the I think the, you talk, you hear about student debt and you hear about all these things. And right. That's because an awful lot of people were sold the, the dream of you go get a four-year degree and you're going to make $150,000 a year. And what, it, what happened was you got a four-year degree and couldn't find a job. Right. Because literally everyone else was told, go get a four-year degree. Yeah. You know, and the, so every, that, that was a whole system that occurred. And I think there was an awful lot of time. There was a time, 20 years, 30 years, some amount, you yeah. know, between the 90s and now where – there was an assumption that you could have a, a desk job or a job that is, is in, in, in look, those jobs are demanding. Being an attorney is a demanding job. Being sure. a doctor is a demanding job. It's not a manual labor job in the same fashion as what a lot of people think, but you, you definitely is demanding after sure. they earn their money. And so I think a lot of people, however, they got that mixed up and they thought, oh, I get to go have a job making tons of money. And they never put together the work, right? And I saw this, the first time I was exposed to this, I think the first time I really noted this was bands. So you're in a band, you're performing on a stage. So you've got a crowd, 400 people, right? Loving what you're doing. Inevitably, there's someone who wants to hop on the stage and play a harmonica, <laughs> who wants to, oh, can y'all do this song? Everybody wants to be part of it. Here's the thing. None of y'all put in the work. Yeah, yeah. And so people assume you have people come try out. Oh, yeah, we know we rehearse three times a week. You do what? We rehearse three times a week and load ends at four. We don't play till midnight. I'm fully aware of what time we play. Loadouts at 4 a.m. Load ends at 4 p.m. So 12 hours. Yeah. For a three-hour set? Yep. For 100 bucks? Uh-huh. And that's dedication. And, and, and that's, that's what you're doing. Is you're, yeah. It's the craft, right? And yeah. it's, not about, it's not about the monetary reward. Sometimes the work is the reward. Yeah. You know, and I think that's how I was raised. And I don't think we're raising people that way anymore. Like work and the ability to work and the blessing, right, to be capable of working, especially if you have a physical job. Like enjoy sure. that. Like 
not everyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so that's what I was given. So, and I, you know, I'd love to know with the way you were raised, how does how does that play out for you? I was very much raised with the if you want something, you need to earn it, and that mm-hmm. that was it. You 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 my first car, you had to earn it. Your your the clothes that you want, what are you doing to earn it? You know, and 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 so that that mentality stuck with me and i know you know my growing up my dad was in the navy and he retired from the navy switched to doing climbing telephone poles for the phone company and that man was, so was working yeah he was so a lineman lineman work yeah. yeah and he worked i'm i'm not kidding you when i remember when i was young him because i used to get up at the same time he did like four in the morning and he would go into work and he wouldn't be home till seven or eight at night like yeah, that was every single day. Now, sometimes now the in, weekends. Where, where was this geographically? In Portland, in Oregon. So do they? So the linemen here, because we have so many storms. Sure. The linemen here get called upon to travel. Right. Does that happen in Oregon as well? Where it's um, like, oh, you need to go down and. Not so much during okay. that time, I don't think. Um, and and by the time I think a lot of that stuff started happening. Uh, they were hiring local, more local here gotcha. and there. They didn't really worry about, like, I'm just going to hire 20 and then throw them on a truck and, and go, right? Gotcha. Um, but, like, like growing up, I remember my dad, he's allergic to bees. He opened a transformer, and there oh, was gosh. a giant hornet's nest in there. Yeah, and yeah. My dad, what he, I, re, I still remember this, too. I was, like, six, maybe. In order for him to get away from that hornet's nest, my dad had he had cleats on his boots, yep. and then a yep. and a big belt, leather belt that went around, you know, like alignment. My dad just disconnected the belt, hugged the telephone pole, and used the gaffs to go down. So you can imagine how damaged and screwed up he was when he got down. And right. my my mom always used to tell like she was pulling splinters out of his chest for weeks and weeks and weeks he was in traction all this stuff and then six months later he was back out there doing it again because he had to he had a family to support you know yep and and so that's how i was raised and one thing i want to do i do want to mention is and i i really 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 want to make sure that i get this across to people is i don't i'm not saying that everyone in the younger generations this way, because there are sure, young folks out sure. there busting their butts. And one of the things that I saw that was really humbling to me and really um, blew me away was the last year I was in the Navy when I knew I was retiring from the Navy. I opened my eyes a lot more and watched what the kids around me were doing. Like 17 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that were handling evolutions, handling ordnance, guiding aircraft, driving multi-billion dollar warships, like doing the Lord's work, like doing doing the business of the <laughs> of the the US military. And these right. these were kids that might have come from broken homes or might have come from rich upbringings or might have you know they're all walks of life. You know, one one of the kids that I was her 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 uh, her mentor, she was 18 years old, and when I met her, she had graduated high school six months earlier, right? So she checked, she graduated high school, left for the military, checked on board the ship, and one of the last evolutions I I watched because she was scared. They were there. She was being pushed to be a a, a 
a captain, a plane captain, which the plane captains are out on the flight deck, you know, that, that whole thing with they got the lights and they're, oh, yeah. you know, directing oh, yeah. aircraft. But they're on a warship flight deck that's pitching and rolling and yawing with mm-hmm. an aircraft coming in. And this girl was a little five foot three Puerto Rican girl that was like 100 pounds soaking wet. And she's out there guiding this this aircraft in that had like 16 Marines on it, you know, and all this equipment on board. And, and scared as shit, she told me, she was like, Chief, I'm so scared. It's like, just go do it. Go freaking do it. You're able to do it. Yep. You've been trained. Go do it. And I I sat back there, on the, you know, above the flight deck watching. And this, this little kid, you know, kid, couldn't even yep. drink a beer, right? Yeah. yeah freaking. Not, yeah. Bringing in the aircraft as she did it perfectly. And that, to me, like, every time I saw something like that, it restored a little bit of confidence in, in, in the youth because they were out there every single day busting their butts, doing the thing, you know. And I've yeah, seen yeah. – you see that all over the place. So I don't want people to think that that's not the yeah, case. No, but I, I, you know, I do agree with you, though. Proud brag, right? Yesterday, my 14-year-old daughter went for her first job interview, right? So – Oh, you know, it's, scary. it's not that. It's, <laughs> oh my god, dude! You want to feel old? That's how you feel. <laughs> so it's it's um you know definitely we're not saying that, but we are you know I I think that the the broader subject that I'm you know, hoping that we drive at is are we moving away as a society from hard work? So. Is that an international thing? You know, and is that is that a thing that maybe because we have gotten pretty comfortable here in this country, in North America in general, right? We don't have to work as hard. And there's, you know, this is the, this is a result of generational raising, right? So, yeah, yeah. you know, my kids are not, not necessarily being raised to be out in the fields, you know, plowing the fields. I was, you know, bailing hay at 12 years old and working construction sure. at 13, right? So um, they definitely have a different upbringing, upbringing than I have. And so maybe that's all contributing to, you know, it, maybe there's a healthier shift. Maybe the corporations have been in control too long. Yeah. Right. There's there have been labor movements in the past for a reason, right? Because companies, like you said, you're just a number to a company. A company's first priority is not happy employees. Right. A company's first priority is to make money. Now, happy employees, yeah. if you're at a good company, makes it to like number two or three on the list. Yeah. But yeah. you know, or a company sees like really happy employees, engaged employees makes us more money, therefore we'll do it. If you're at a good company, you can end up with that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, the company's gotta make money because it's not a company anymore. So yeah. you know, I think there's a really um a really interesting conversation. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep talking about it uh, for sure. But yeah, it, it's a an interesting thing to observe, if, if nothing more. If nothing more. Well, I think it needs um, to shift. It definitely needs to shift, though, because you've got um, not not to go on too much longer, but the the workforce that maintains mm-hmm. a lot of the infrastructure, mm-hmm. does a lot of the construction, does all of the that that infrastructure is progressively getting older and older yep. because younger folks are not yep. coming in to replace them. Oh, it's a the trades the trade skills are are an or if you want to make a lot of money, get a trade skill. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's one of the most interesting things. I think people assume you know there is a long time where people were like, I've got to go get a four year psychology degree and that's going to get me some job. And six point eight trillion people graduated that same minute with a psychology <laughs> degree, and it's really not applicable in yeah. you know many jobs if you have a different set of skills a psychology degree can be useful as an example right to to combine with that but in like psychology i think being a great example you're going to go for a master's and phd if you want to really get mm-hmm. deep into that as a practice field you know co- yeah. com- combination of other things it's great but a lot of people are having a hard time finding a job with a history degree or a literature degree right there's these degrees out there that that to a large degree end up being fairly academic and right. you have to combine them and a trade skill right i'm going to be an electrician's apprentice i'm going to become an electrician 
there's a lot, at least in my area, of construction, plumbing, electrician, things that hold the world together, both commercial and residential. Yeah. And industrial, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. That are pulling it over $200,000, right? Because it's their business yep. and they do it their way and yep. they're working their schedule and they get to go to their kids' birthday parties and they get to go on vacations, right? Because they, they make their schedule. So, you know, I would encourage people to, I would encourage people to find a craft that they're passionate about and treat it like a craft. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'd like to also add to the, that, that that stuff is noticed when you act like that with your profession, it is recognized. Mm. It may not, unfortunately, be recognized at the higher corporate level always, but to those that are around you, it's typically recognized and noticed. Like, it is noticed the when risk you're of, a high um, performer. At the risk of someone hearing this and, uh, and putting two and two together, I'm going to describe a guy I work with. All right? His first job. Um, he's, from, he's, he's not from here. He's from another country. And I wanted to describe him to you the way someone described him to me. This was, what is today? Tuesday? It was yesterday. Guy sits next to me. He looked over and he said, that guy. What about him? He gets in everything. I don't care what it is. What we've got going on, he shows up, got a fantastic attitude, and he puts in two hands and helps out. And it doesn't matter what it is. And what do you think the next thing was? Oh, that guy's going somewhere. For sure. Right, so you put those two descriptions together and you've said, have a great attitude, be willing to jump in, be willing to be helpful. People will notice. 100%. And, well, as a manager or upper management, there's two, re two reasons that you'll remember a subordinate. It's usually amazingly good or amazingly bad. <laughs> Typically. <laughs> That's how you yeah. remember yeah. somebody. Um, yep. and Obviously, you want to be on the good scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw a thing today where even, you know, uh, in certain worlds, being really good at what you do gives you enough leeway to have a horrible attitude. And I think that's, I think that is also going away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that there was a time when there were certain jobs, you know, where people could be, you know, as, as people would say, colloquially, they would say divas or whatever the case mm -hmm, may be. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's actually going away, too. I think that... Um, I think a lot of people are realizing like it's, it's you don't get to just be a toxic jerk no right how good you are at something right so I, I, toxic but jerks, i think that's good yeah speaking of toxic jerks the next subject right is hey segue would arresting vladimir putin mean war and there was a story that came out this one was mine so i'll start it sure there was a story come out they came out uh and i was reading about it and there was a conference in south africa and a set of countries was going to attend this conference. And Vladimir Putin said, hey, I'm interested. Russia was one of the countries. And he said, hey, I'm interested in going to this conference. And the big brouhaha was the the uh, the leadership of South Africa said, hey, you know what? Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Uh, please don't do that. There is a an international warrant around, you know, out for Vladimir Putin's arrest for war crimes related to Ukraine. And South Africa was like, you know, I, I really wish you wouldn't because we're going to be in a very, a state of moral dilemma. Yeah. Where... You know, you're considered an ally. Russia is an ally, right? And they do work with Russia and, you know, South Africa, and they work together, and they're like, look, but if you come, I'm obligated to arrest you. And then, of course, the Russians, they say, you know, well, that's an act of war. And so it was a really tense, I think it was about a week, where it was kind of left up in the air, like maybe Vladimir Putin's going to come, you know, go to South Africa and force the issue. 
And it became a really interesting kind of geopolitical conversation for, for me and some, some folks that I knew because it was like, well, is arresting someone who has a warrant out for their arrest, is that an act of war? And I guess further for me, so what, right? What's Russia going to do to South Africa? Like, Wagner's got a long way to go. They're in North Africa now. Yeah. It's a long way to march. Yeah. Right? If, if you even you know if Moscow was a tough haul for you, I imagine making it all the way from one end of, the, of Africa to the other is going to prove tough. Like, if your logistical chain was tough to get into Ukraine, I think you're going to have a hard time with Africa. Right. So, um, but very fascinating story, I thought. So what are your thoughts on, on the whole situation? Well, I think... And again, we're not we're not going to get into politics so much, but but geopolitically, we're in a weird place because you've got economies that have the ability to possibly influence. Or they don't have the ability; they are influencing the smaller economies throughout the world, being chi- you know China, Russia, the India, these these countries that have been. People have known they've been getting stronger economically over the years, sure, and they're sure. starting to exert that a little bit more. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't have the right to trade and stuff with other nations, because I think that's kind of arrogant of us to say that you don't. But at the same time, South Africa recognizes that they also do business with the other side of the line, which is everyone else in the world, right? So. Yep. Yeah. Um, you're not wrong in the in the thought process of you know the idea of trying to get troops from historically landlocked area to not necessarily landlocked area. That that's just ain't gonna happen, bro. Like you're no. not gonna no. do that. Like it's just not gonna happen. No. I mean, if you do, the ramifications globally are gonna. That would probably be a World War Three level idiocracy well, sure. that would occur sure and that that's really the conversation is i mean look russia says at this point russia says a lot of things are acts of war yeah <clears throat> well yeah they say you know uh like you war. know you gave someone an ice cream sandwich that's an act yeah. of war. <laughs> right you know, I, I i saw you give this ice cream sandwich that's an act of war and at the at the end of it it's this organization called BRICS, and i'm going to read this off right i'm reading from npr but there's uh brazil russia india china and south yeah. africa are involved in this and it's a economic summit and uh, as of six days ago, at least, uh, the, it's, it's next month, right, is when the event occurs. But as of six days ago, both uh, Russia and South Africa have confirmed that Vladimir Putin will not be attending in person. He will be present via video uh, uh, and a full participant. And it is the top leaders of every one of those, every one of those countries. Um, <clears throat> so it's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting statement to say, hey, you know, that's where we are in the world is we have a world leader who has an international arrest warrant out for them. Yeah. Um, who is apparently also interested in state play, right? Yeah. And interested in going and in, in participating in economic summits with allies. That's um, just a fascinating – the whole situation with Russia and Ukraine right now is fascinating. They need to sort it out because on my bucket list, yeah. I want to go to Moscow, right? That's one of the things I want yeah, to do. Yeah. I've always wanted to see Moscow, beautiful place. Um, best I can tell, beautiful people, um, and and I would love to see it. You know, it's on my kid's bucket list. He's like, I want to go to Moscow, and they're screwed it up for me. So, like, just selfishly, like, stop sure. so we can be tourists again. I mean, that um, was one of the but, things that really w- upset me about leaving Wargaming was because I wanted to go to St. Pete, St. Petersburg, and I wanted to visit Russia myself, you know, at some point. But I, I'll be honest, I applaud the South 
South African leader for publicly saying that also because that really shows the world in my opinion the value of his leadership and position in that uh, agreement right because in the past the the bigger economies china and russia would just say nah you're you're going to do what i tell you and oh, that's sure. essentially sure. what happened interpol right? interpol yeah. aside you know i do wonder let's say the alternative occurs and I'm just going to theory play this out. Let's say Vladimir Putin's like, no, I'm going to go. And South Africa makes the decision that, uh, hey, you know what? They're too important of an ally, and I'm not going to do anything about it. What does Interpol's play there, right? Is, is yeah. it a, you know, it's, if, if a country's not participating, are they, like, that could have had it, a whole different set of ramifications, you know, when you're, you're talking about extraditions and right. all those other things that could have gone on. So it's very interesting story that came out i thought it was interesting to talk about we debated on whether i even have the conversation but kind of glad we did because one of the and one of the things we were talking about is you know the kgb and um we had watched a show both of us had watched a show and we'll have no spoilers but we're gonna talk about the show this is chernobyl and um and by HBO. the way if anyone hasn't seen it yeah it's on it's on uh what do they call it now it's not it's HBO max max it's max now. just max yeah yeah and you know i think it had been months you had told me go watch chernobyl and, and, and i had not done it and I finally got it down to my list. I had this whole long list for anyone who doesn't know of these that things. That was a year ago, Chad. Everybody that's listening, it was a year ago I said that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tracks. That tracks, actually. And, and so, you know, went and watched Chernobyl. But one of the most interesting parts of Chernobyl is, is, is kind of the representation of the Russian uh, decision-making process, the government, yeah. KGB in particular. And, uh, you know, you wonder, right, right, how powerful are those organizations. And then we really wondered, you know, we could talk about Russia, but we could talk about any country, right? It could be the United right. States of America. It's not not excluded. Um, if Interpol decided that, you know, our president had done something that was arrest-worthy, uh, the same conversations would potentially be had. Um, so it's a very interesting set of uh, circumstances we have, uh, you know, with Vladimir Putin in the center of them, right? I think it's pretty interesting. All right, HAPA, next. Oh. Our old friend, Elon Musk, who yes, we've now had a single podcast where we didn't talk about Twitter. One. Just one, chat. One. This is the sixth one, and we, we had one where we didn't talk about Twitter, and we're yeah. going to talk about it again because Elon Musk has, has announced that it's no longer going to be called Twitter. It's going to be called X. Now, a little bit of history lesson. Elon Musk... Um, uh, debatable, right? He said he came from a, a long family of of jewel mining um, and then later said, I don't know where you got that story from. That's not at all where I came from. I made myself all my money. But undebatable is he was one of the original founders of what became PayPal. Yep. That's where his, his first big payday came from. And back then, he wanted to name that X.com. Well, if you knew this, he I wanted to name PayPal X.com. The board said, hmm, I think this guy's a bit of a Bit of a loose handle. We're gonna vote him out and get a CEO in here, and so that's pay. That's where PayPal came from. Uh, so Musk has continued on his way. His son is named X, um, and now he is named Twitter X. So, so you got no SpaceX. You got X. Yep. You got SpaceX. You got X. His kid's name is X. They're no longer tweets. There's Zeets. He's calling them X. Is that has he officially said that publicly? Because I saw that as a meme. I didn't know if it was. I saw it, and I saw you know X videos, right? Which is okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on? What are well, your th so, well, okay, and, and and of course it comes out that Microsoft and fourteen thousand other companies own the patent. 
or the trademark of X, right? Like everybody thinks they own it. I now. mean, it's a letter. Like, how can you own? Right. I mean, whatever. Okay, it, it it is what it is. I so I I've been pushing back against a lot of the not thought process, but the ideas that Seven has. Not necessarily because I disagree with them, but I try to be a little <laughs> bit. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I try to be a little bit, uh, I don't want to say open-minded because that, that would imply that you're closed-minded, which you definitely are not. Um, like the, the vo- not a voice of reason even. I don't even know what I'm trying to say at this point. But, but what, I was, what I was saying was now looking at the process of all the crap that has gone on yep. through the acquiring of Twitter all the way through to this, I was kind of thinking about the conversations we've had over the past year about this and I, I Cause, came because we have been talking about it. We have been. Ta- it hasn't been often, but it has been yeah. over a year. <laughs> but we have talked about it. <laughs> but, but it clicked in my head. I thought this whole time he's had the idea. I bet you in the back of his head that he wanted to have or start a social media outlet. But he recognized that you're not starting any more social media outlets and having them be successful unless you built something for the CCCP and had their 2 billion people over there start using it and then launch it globally, right? You're not starting another Twitter, another Instagram, another faith and having it be successful. So the only way that you could get a social media outlet to get to the size you want and, and, and flourish is to literally buy one that's already there and then slowly de-brand out of what it was and build it into what you want. And I think that's what he's honestly been doing. All this crap with getting rid of the ex-Twitter employees, not paying rent, so he's, the offices are going into, you know, they're being closed because at the end of the day, the math actually for the rent to property value to court costs, it was cheaper for him to actually pay the court costs than to pay the back rent like that was cheaper for him so it was a business dirty don't get me wrong i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with that 100 but but i think that's honestly what he's been he's doing he's like i already got i don't know how many users there are for twitter globally There's but seven just, just seven i thought there was nine yeah. damn it <laughs> but one like them, i i think that's what, i think that's what he did <laughs> i think that's what that was his whole like you know master plan in the back of the boardroom rolling his freaking hands in the dark room. I think that was his master plan. And he's slowly molding Twitter into his social media platform that he wanted. Like, legit. You know? I think, is it ridiculous? Yeah. 100%. It's freaking ridiculous. The vanity that's going on. The hubris. Oh, oh, the the, the hubris is is... We as a planet may have never witnessed more hubris. <laughs> um, and you know my thoughts on, on Elon yeah. Musk. I think he's both hero and villain a lot of times. And, I agree. I don't um, disagree. With that. I, you know, I think that he's, I think he's probably not anywhere near as smart as he is. Anyone, as most people think he is, he's definitely not as smart as he thinks he is. Sure. Um, and I think Twitter is, is to a large degree showing that um, some of the approaches he's taken, you know, I happen to know a lot about that particular industry and, um, that some of the some of the things he's done have been have been crazy, you know. And the rebrand that might be genius. You don't know, right? He's he's on either side of that, right? Hero, yeah, villain, yeah. genius, or 
maniac, right? And, and the line between them is, is, is thinner than most people want to admit. And it's been really fascinating to me because Facebook made a play, right? So there's this whole drama that unfolded with Facebook launching threads. So anyone that's not familiar, um, I'm going to give a little bit of a history lesson here. So Facebook is Facebook. Facebook purchased Instagram, right? Instagram was originally independent. Facebook purchased Instagram, which is actually part of the problem that HAPA was hitting on. There used to be a lot of social media platforms. Over a period of time, they consolidated. So the bigger ones, the one that was 20% bigger, bought the smaller one. They didn't keep it. They killed it. Then maybe they kept some of the features. Maybe they took video, whatever. They killed it. They killed it. They killed mine. You remember these things? Like these, you can look down the path and you ended up with a couple of players in in the field and then very hard to break into if you're not one of those players. And so Twitter really was pretty immune to actual failure, right? Short of just going offline. Sure. It wasn't like the users were necessarily going to leave. Now, advertisers, on the other hand, said, I'm out. Yeah. But users were still going to be there. So it was still going to have value from a an information dissemination standpoint from news. It was still going to have some value, right? People were going to use it. And Facebook was waning, right? And there, you know, Facebook had become known as Granny's, you know, Granny's complaint <laughs> site. And, and, you know, it was just like not a lot of people use it. Now, the Instagram is still pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's the Hallmark movie of websites, right? Like, um, but Instagram was still pretty popular. And so Mark Zuckerberg... Again, hero, villain, genius, maniac, did an interesting thing, and he launched a, a an, an app called Threads. And Threads is almost an exact replica of Twitter. Yeah. Now, in this meantime, right, while this is going on, you've got Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg saying, we're going to have a mixed martial arts fight. And Which I think is amazing, by the way. Oh, my God. I'd pay whatever Twitter blue costs. Hell yeah. To watch it. Let's go. Quarter, whatever it is. Um, and they said, hey, we're going to fight. And Elon Musk is like, hey, it's, I'm, I'm in. It's on. And Zuckerberg's like, I, I, I'm in. It's on. And then Mark Zuckerberg's mom like, it's not on. Marky can't come out to play. I told him to clean his room. He cannot fight with you, Elon. And so then this threat scene comes out. And then Elon Musk is like, well, we're no longer Twitter. We're X. And it was, to me, the most odd 90s flex. Have you ever seen the movie? Um, what's the Halloween movie? It's got Sarah Jessica Parker in it, The Witches. Oh. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Do you remember when the guy goes, I told you I'm ice? Yeah. And he yeah, points yeah. at the back of his head. That's yep. what X feels like yeah, to me. He's yeah, like, yeah, I've yeah. had this laying around since yeah. 1998. I was really proud when I got it because that was super cool. I've never found a way to use it. And so now <laughs> it's like, so so the rebrand, I, I can get behind a rebrand if he wants to do that. I would never do that, right, As a, from a brand recognition. Yeah. You're talking about Twitter. Twitter is up there with Nike. Yeah, um, for sure. That, that little bird is Toyota, a known emblem. Mercedes, 100%. Yeah. One of the most known representations. You just threw it out. Yeah. Right? And, and then you went with something as generic as an X, which is just... Yeah. It literally isn't a logo. It's just one of the public available open source fonts. <laughs> this is like X. Helvetica 12, 12 yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's Verdana, right? I mean, might, might as well use Comic Sans. That would right? 
That would have been pretty actually, amazing, I, actually. Yeah. I, I would have. A little 3D I would have been to like, it. Right, and you can kill it. Little Comic Sans. That. <laughs> so it's a really interesting uh, thing to watch, and I, you know, I would love to say we'll never talk about this again. Did you start a Threads account? I do have a Threads. I, start, I, I got one yesterday. So I thought about it, and then I yeah. did some reading and saw that he, Zuck, basically said that they will be doing they will be censoring they will be 100 percent oh sure censored. and he's, that, yeah th- that to me is like i have a pretty thick skin i don't care if people call me names or or say things about me that are you know publicly or whatever and for me maybe my maybe that would be different if i was uh a bigger star or a star for that matter. Um, (laughs) But like to me, I don't think social media should be that way. I don't think social media should, should, should filter any of that stuff. Like, so there's, there was an interesting thing that occurred and I'm old enough to remember this and happened to be in that industry. Right. And social media sites went through an entire, there was an entire, it was, it was the United States of America making this decision, right? So it was, you know, before Congress and there was all sure. these conversations, Face, Facebook was part of it, Tumblr, yeah. there's some others, yeah. but there was this conversation about were they responsible for the content on their sites? Right. And so what was happening was things that were far more devious than name calling at the time. Right. And the conversation was they were going to be held liable, right, for what a user posted. So let's say you go and you post something on their website. The law was like something illegal occurred. You can't. Okay. Yeah. Right. You can't take pictures of people in that group and post sure. them in that manner. I got gotcha. you. Right? Yeah. And so an illegal thing occurred. Who do I hold accountable for that? Is it the person that posted the picture? or Is it the site that it was hosted on? Gotcha. And there was a big, a big back and forth. And from a legal standpoint, what happened was these sites got a specific exception. So social media sites have a very specific set of exceptions, which means they will not be held liable right. for content that was posted by users if and only if they police it to the satisfaction of the United States government. So when you talk to Facebook, uh, you talk to Elon Musk, he was not part of that. Um, you know, so his, his approach on walking into Twitter is it's going to be you know, wild, wild west. What it turns out is it's everyone who, it, you know, I'll let things accept insults to elon musk like those can't go right so he started you know, <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty Nitpicky. quickly he started cherry picking yeah. yeah oh well not that but not that so i think a lot of people start off with like the kind of idealistic you know we shouldn't censor and then there's like all the way over on we censor everything right so there's yeah, and it's only yeah. has one opinion yeah and i think there's a there's a middle ground somewhere where the nastiest and you know one of the one of the things i read one time i saw may saw a documentary but was the people at facebook who actually have to Oh my God! They have I to see imagine. the complaints. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. You know, if a post gets complained, and they have to go be the people. There's actually a, it's a set of human beings who are like, oh yeah, that don't go. Oh no, yeah, that, no, that can't. No, we can't. Right, and then they have to go into like our arbitration, right? Like place where it's like so people can say, oh, that was actually okay because it was art, <laughs> right? Or, oh my or whatever gosh. it is. Um, and yeah, so it's a really interesting. This is. Obviously, Elon Musk is part of the conversation. Obviously, Mark Zuckerberg has been and will continue to be part of the conversation. Um, and social media is part of the conversation. But I think there's two things to me that I really love pointing out about this is, one, the consolidation is what has caused this, right? We allow, we've allowed tech giants to grow too big. They've 100%. consolidated all their competition. 
They buy, Google is notorious for buying some of the best ideas in the world and killing them yeah. just to avoid having them as competition. Yeah. And that has homogenized our tech ecosystem into a, a, an area where there is no difference between them, right? And the difference is the kind of moderation they do now, right? That's a weird differentiation point. So you've That's got that. That's a scary moderation you, or a scary right, differentiation sure point. Is. And then you got, you know, Facebook and stuff who are still trying to say, well, we do moderate because that's what we're required legally to do. So it's a really interesting thing that we'll be watching. You know, obviously we're going to talk, we just should plan to talk about every podcast, I guess. I mean, we might as well just have a, a, a Twitter of the week or X of the week conversation. I Well, to, <laughs> and to, to, to be clear too, the thing that scares me about this whole thing, and, and you and I have had this conversation too, the idea that monopolies aren't supposed to be a thing, yeah. but they 100% are a thing. Oh, 100% are. Like Absolutely. Johnson & Johnson is a great example of a monopoly that they just decided to name different something different so they weren't called a monopoly basically. Yep. Right? Yeah, it's it's um to me I think technology is the worst example. Sure. It's the best example of a bad behavior. Sure, um, yeah. And that that's easiest to pick off, been, right? Yeah, it's been tough to watch. I remember when Google bought uh, what is now AdSense Right. And so what, um, I was having a conversation about this not too long ago, but like the, that's the ad banners that you see on almost like every website, yeah. which is how they track you, how they have your data. Cause you're over here using, you know, a sporting goods website <laughs> and you searched for a baseball bat. And that's why baseball bats start showing up on Instagram. Everywhere. Right? Like that's, yeah. Right. Like that's how all that works is because yeah. they've got a little piece of code on almost every website on the internet. Yeah. And it's pretty gross, you know, that one company has that and your email. Um, so they have that and your email and your, your, you know, your documents, your office stuff. So they have that in your email and your search history, right? And they have that but we're not using it for anything malicious. And, right, and all your video watching preferences, right? And they have, it's, it's, you keep going and it's like, okay, those were not originally all one company. Yeah. And that's really the wonky thing about it, right? That, those were different companies that were bought. And if those had remained different companies, you would not have this single consolidation of power. And uh, I definitely think the United States government and I have talked about this. We need to stop. We need to stop voting in people who don't understand technology, or technology is going to <laughs> What's ruin the us all. Instagram. Yeah, Mr. Zuckerberg, why do Android phones track my behavior? <laughs> um, honorable Representative, I don't know. <laughs> it's a legit. Not, que this is probably a legit right. question that occurred. I know that actually happened. He's like, yeah. I'm the CEO of Facebook, not yeah. Google, Android. who makes yeah. Android. Yeah. Um, oh so you know, it's, we can we could definitely work our way through that. But yeah, so we'll talk about X.com. We hey, you know what? I promise you won't we won't talk about Twitter next time. <laughs> Thanks. I'm gonna need a jingle for that. <laughs> It'll be X. <laughs> Elon but, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it, it's. My thing is, maybe I'm very naive, and that's probably why I push back uh, at a lot of the... Uh, Seven has been very, oh my god, this guy is ridiculous! You know, and I do push back a lot, not because I agree with yeah. what he's doing, because I 100% agree that some of the shit he's been doing, excuse my language, has been horrible for the employees and... Everybody sure. involved. I'm not going to argue that for a minute, but I'm, I'm probably very naive in the idea that I'm thinking 20,000 foot view down the road hey, somewhere. He's up, he's up to something. Right. Maybe, and he's it's going to gonna be good. We're going to go to Mars. X is going to Mars. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It really, you know, he's a he's an enigma wrapped in a puzzle. That guy. He. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it's that's that is a fascinating one. I I uh, I look forward to to continuing to talk about his shenaniganizing because it is just fun. And yeah, I you know uh, it's fun for me to talk to you about it because we have different opinions. I think that's yeah. the. To me, that's the fun of it, you know. And 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 I would recommend anyone who doesn't have Threads, and that includes you, Hapo, right? Um, you have to use Instagram to sign up, so that's that's Zuckerberg's play, um, you know, on on making that work. But I would recommend you getting accounts. So what I do is I park accounts. I think I would recommend you doing that. Just the screen been, name. Yeah, just go out there, grab it. It's yours. Reserve it. Put something on there that sure. identifies it as yep. It's absolutely you. And then I'm never going to use it. I don't use Twitter much, as you know. Yeah. Um, I never use Facebook for a lot of reasons. So. Yeah. Um, I would recommend grabbing it or because I have been impersonated before um, on it was Twitter, in fact. And so uh, that led to a lot of really interesting confusion um, and would would recommend having a presence on there, because if you don't, you can't stop someone who's impersonating you. Sure. Yeah. If you're not even on the platform, you have no claim to your name. I definitely thought about it because, like, you know, when the whole we need to leave Twitch thing happened a few weeks ago and everybody was like, ah, we're yeah. going to kick. And so, I mean, I, I reserved my name over there and everything. But the thing that worries green, me is we're like, going to green Twitch. Yeah. The green Twitch is yeah. for me. <laughs> the thing that worries me is when you agree to their use of service mm -hmm. over on threads, they specifically say that if you delete your threads account, you're going to lose your Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those out there listening if you don't follow me on instagram i post i don't post a lot on instagram but i have there's a lot of history there you know and so the idea of me losing that because i'm like screw threats you know like but that I mean that's probably a childish idiotic worry of mine probably no i mean it's it's interesting i, I think that the strategy that they chose and i can only imagine it's because threads is actually built on instagram Right, you know the, the the it's probably just the text part of Instagram, um, and so I, I imagine there was a lot of conversations around: Do we really want to tie this thing so tightly to Instagram? Because that is a risk in and of itself. Just like you said, right. there's a lot of reasons people won't use it for that. Right, um, but they did get I think 100 million people signed up in the first week. I think wow, like that so that's yeah. legit. Yeah, no, they got a lot of traffic, and you know I I know Zuckerberg is sitting somewhere, being like, "Ma, you should have let me fight him." <laughs> right. Ma, the meatloaf. By the way, by, by the way, I, I take Zuck in that fight every day. That guy works out with you think so? fighters for fun. He's, he looks like a very scrawny, scrawny dude, man. He looks like it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he works out with UFC fighters for fun. That's what he does. So, like, he. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Elon, Elon does look like the guy that's like eating albino Nigerian babies for dinner. Like, <laughs> he's a. <laughs> If, that's two lizard people fighting. If you I'm ask just me. That's saying. What that is. Yeah, <laughs> that may open some. You know that that may be a good sci-fi movie right there. Yeah, neither one of those people know how to know how to look human. Hello, hello, human. I oh am here gosh. to fight. And I can just see the. So well, if nothing else, we get a thousand memes out of it. I'm telling you. So seven, you mentioned Chernobyl. Yep. What Again. do you think? What are your thoughts? I, that's what you're watching, or what you watched. Yeah, that's what I'm watching. Um, my thoughts on Chernobyl, man, you know... All right, I got a lot of thoughts on Chernobyl. That's one of the better... That's one of the better shows I've seen. One of the better series. It's not a show, it's a series. Sure. So, it, it you know, they obviously made it with the beginning and the end. Um, 
No spoilers. I won't tell you what happens in Chernobyl. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? But they... The things they chose to do with that series blew me away. They didn't back away from anything. Nope. Um, and the only criticism I have is there's no Russians. Yeah. Well, I think you there's know? like two or three, but they don't have any front front standing positions in the, in the show. Right? They're yeah. all British. Yeah. There, there is one episode in the series that I found particularly difficult to watch and it, it involves the clearing out of the town and um, you know what that was was yep. like and and that's what I'm referring to when I say they didn't back away um, from any of these subjects and they did a really good job of telling the story and then retelling the events yep. um, and it, it, it put it all together in a way that uh, I've watched a lot of documentaries about Chernobyl I'm fascinated by Chernobyl and and, uh, you know, I, I thought I knew a lot about it, but the show taught me a lot of things I never, ever knew had gone oh, on. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, That's so good. I very much enjoyed I think that was a great recommendation. So, so Happa, what you watching? <laughs> I've been all over the place. I'm, I'm honestly um, waiting for the next half of season three of Witcher to come out because I oh, finished yeah? the first yeah. half. What did um, you think of the first half? Thumbs up, thumbs I, down. I I've thought heard it was reviews. good. I recently, though, saw somebody that was breaking down that show, and it actually opened my eyes a little bit because, mm. you know, we've all heard the news how Henry Cavill was saying he's not happy with the writers. The writers have said yep. they could do better than the source material and blah, 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 and that's why he left. And I don't know if that he, – has he actually publicly said that's why he's leaving? I don't think he did publicly say – I haven't that, seen right? him argue that. I have. That doesn't mean. I mean, I haven't kept sure. up. Sure, but no, I haven't seen that. Um, but one of the things that this person mentioned was, if you watch The Witcher season one, and or all the episodes in season two, the episodes, you'll you'll see progressively the show shifts away from being The Witcher, and mm -hmm. shifts to focusing on the the female roles Yennefer. more and more and more and more Tris, attention Yennefer. on yeah and Jennifer and, and Siri, both of, all sure. of them all of them yep. and more and more yep. and more and I will tell you this first half of season three is it's the he's a supporting actor yeah. he's not even center center there's scenes where he's not even in the scene and so I'm like I didn't even think about about that and I don't know if that says something to the the writers of the show or or what but now that I th I'm like if it's called the Witcher it should probably be centered around the freaking Witcher like not not to downplay these these women that are holding these roles I'm not trying to say that at all but and 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 that's one of the things it's like wow you can really tell that they weren't fo they aren't focusing hmm. on the source material they literally are writing their own show and I'm probably more of a snob than I'll let on, but I have no in inclination to watch the next season. I'm yeah, not going to watch I, it with, with the Hemsworth guy. I'm not going to watch it. Liam. Yeah. So, yeah. so my wife and I, we're, we, I'm a fan of the games. I have not read the books, um, but a fan of the games. I, 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 I really believe Witcher three is one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and especially with the DLC. Right. Uh, and so, Witcher 3, you know, being as, as good as it is and 
And the books, I'm familiar with but I have not read them. And what I will say is I have a different viewpoint, which right. is Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I am a fan of the books of Game of Thrones. Very much a fan. And when the writers decided to move away from the source material is when that show fell apart. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe there's a lesson and Witcher sounds like it's doing something similar. I've read reviews that are very similar to what you're saying is yeah. like, I'm not interested in going further. There's something to be said for creating a show like Witcher or let's say Game of Thrones, which the reason it becomes great is because you have a built-in fan base to start with. Yeah. So you have 150,000, 200 people who are willing to watch it, right? Out of the, say, five, six million people who are like die, die hard fans. Yeah. You get 150,000, 250,000, 300, some number is willing to watch the first couple of episodes and say, got the seven stamp of approval, right? For sure. And then they tell somebody else because they're so excited because now the books are coming to life. I remember when this happened with Game of Thrones, the first two yeah. seasons were yeah. the first two books. Yes. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm getting to see the Red Keep, right? Like you're seeing things, just Tyrion Lannister, Jamie, yeah, you're seeing yeah. the, the, you know, Arya Starks, you're seeing these characters come to life and you get very excited about it and that builds the hype. And then people are willing, more willing nowadays to buy into fantasy shows and to buy into yeah. that stuff. And that, you know, Lord of the Rings unlocked, I think a lot of that, but people are, it's more mainstream now. And so to watch these, to watch these, these companies, these production companies waste that, after a couple of seasons is hard. And I can't imagine being, you know, if I was an actor on set who really cared about the source material, to be told, and especially the amount of training required I mean, that, that Cavill did for Witcher, right? Like, he did his own stuff. And you like, know he he's, did, like, an uber nerd, so he knows the source material, like... Oh, he's he's been very open about, yeah, like, yeah. He, he's doing that because he's a fan. Yeah. I imagine it's difficult to be on set and be like, wait, you're telling me to do what? That's not at all... Like, I... I know it doesn't match. This, this doesn't match up. Like, and someone's yeah, but but Bobby over here, that's that's writing you know on his second show ever, and right. the first one was you know, Muppets, in Manhattan <laughs> or something, right? Which I'm not knocking the writers, right. but there is source material, and your job should be yeah. In those in, in my as a fan, I know it's yeah. fan service, yeah. But if you're gonna call it The Witcher, make it about The Witcher. Well, and that Follow and that's what material. that's what pulls people in, right? It's like people that have. Like you said, like they have, because everybody read when they read a book, they paint a picture in the head, so they they want to see the show to see how much of it they got right, and then oh okay, this makes sense now or whatever, you know, I got that right in my head, whatever, and that I don't know, man, I I think I'm willing to believe that season four of Witcher is gonna is it. If there's something I've learned about Netflix, is they're really great at producing a really good series for one, maybe two, oh, yeah. maybe oh, yeah. three. And then they kill it, and then they're done, and then that's it. They yep. move on, regardless yep. of how amazing the show is. And and that was for me is like I watched that first half, The Witcher. When it ended, I started seeing a lot of the the interviews and thought processes about how you know with with Liam and stuff. And I even saw an interview with the girl that plays Jennifer and the girl that plays um, Siri. They were asking about what they thought about Liam being the new Witcher. And their response was, I dare say it was a card given to them to say, this is what you say. <laughs> like they said exactly the same thing. Their responses were almost identical. Their facial expresses were very, 
very blank. Like to me, it was seemed forced. Like they're not happy about it either. So to me, I think that's going to show in 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 the show. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just not going to watch it. But but sure either will. way, especially it, a show where the 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 main actor's primary line is Ugh. right. And everybody was excited to, from the first picture they saw him dressed up as the Witcher. Everyone was excited because he looked oh, like yeah. the the game character, right? Like, oh yeah. And and now he's Geralt. now he's been confirmed for doing a Warhammer 40k show for Amazon. Yeah. He has confirmed he's in talks to play Solid Snake. Yeah, like I, I gotta be honest, man. Not a lot of celebrities. I'd be like, all right, that that seems like the kind I'm of guy I can you. hang out with. But Henry Cavill, I, I think I can hang out with that guy. I'm telling you, like, I, I would be comfortable. Like, that's a big dude, right? Like, that's a he's a big, a big boy. good looking dude. He's a big yeah. Dorito shaped dude with legs. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm gonna watch that. I am gonna pick it up. We've watched the first two seasons. We will we will watch the third season. My wife's been asking me about it, um, so we will watch it off to let you know. If if you if you go into the third season watching it as a like a, a fantasy show, not thinking yeah. Witcher, you'll you'll be fine. I think that's where yeah. it boils down to. But I've been watching that, and then Strange New Worlds. Um, Ooh, I have no problem that. admitting that I'm a star, star. I'm a Star Trek nerd. I am 100 yep. percent a Star Trek. I love Star Wars, but I also I'm a I'm a bigger Star Trek nerd because Star Trek went more into the technical side of things. Okay. Um, I I've watched every series that has ever come out. Um, I started watching Discovery and quickly stopped watching it because it is the worst Star Trek that's <laughs> ever been produced ever. Um, a lot of people say that it's not Star Trek. It's just some weird. Uh, sci-fi spinoff. Um, but Strange New Worlds is the USS Enterprise before Kirk. So it's... Gotcha. It's Chris Pike as commander commander of the USS Enterprise and her you know, initial maiden voyage and the adventures that they go through. And I tell you what, the th- reason I love this show is I hate when they do reboots of shows and they change everything like graphics mm. or like fidelity of technology and everything like that. I understand that there's a necessity to do that stuff, but like case in point, the episode three, four and five of star Wars com- uh, compared to episode one, two and three of sure. star Wars. You had these ships that looked very uh, boxy and square and, and, you know, utilitarian. Oh, yeah. And then you had all these cool sleek aerodynamic ships and, cool technology in one two three yeah, just didn't and match somewhere up. between there jedis forgot how to fight like they right. got all goofy and oh, yeah i can't barely and, hold a lightsaber and that's like, literally <laughs> what happened with discovery discovery was like this whole ship that had all kinds of crazy technology on it that just didn't match up with kirk's enterprise at all stranger gotcha. worlds kind of reels that back they're wearing uniforms that are are kind of in line with the original series a little bit more modern a little bit the technology's right in line the sound effects are online the characters are all there like and it's not there's not a lot of forced agendas either in the story it's just good old-fashioned sci-fi and i yeah and i think people have been needing that like they need to need been needing to get back to just sci-fi stories no I love you, you love me, but I love her and I love him. Like, I don't need none of that crap. I just need some sci-fi in there, you know? Like, I just but, want lizard people getting shot. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. But no, now, it, now it is you said good, uh, good show. you indicated you were so into science fiction. You liked things that kind of went a little more down the um, science route, right? Like, sure. and have you seen the show The Expanse? Oh yes, hell okay. yeah! I I try to advocate that show to everyone that I could possibly. Yeah. From from the science of how they have to break to how missiles and guns yeah. work to yeah. everything. So there's like you know people don't understand it always, but I'll I'll kind of talk through this. So if you're talking about fantasy, right? There's there's high fantasy, low fantasy, and the difference being, low fantasy. If you're writing a low fantasy book, you have to explain magic and why it came to the world, right? And you can still be a fantasy story, but you have to explain that high yep. fantasy. It's just like no no no. There's trolls and, and fire and dragons <laughs> and magic and all kinds of stuff. Good luck. Right? We're we're off to the races. Right. And science fiction has a bit of the the a similar approach sometimes where it's like no, it's just science fiction except that it's amazing. And then you have, you know, stories like Dune, which is one of my favorites, right? And you go back and you, they, everything has to be explained in yep. Dune. And then the same thing with Expanse. They're like, well, how did we travel the universe? Well, this guy yep. invented a drive. And, yep. and the video, I was telling someone about the, the moment when they're showing that in the show and the guy's like blasting off into space and he's trying to send messages back because he invented a drive that would take him anywhere in the galaxy. But the problem yeah. was he was now going somewhere in the galaxy. Yeah. Right. And, and he's like, <laughs> I invented it. And now I'm just going to go this way. Right. Yep. And he's probably, you know, according to the story, probably still going right yep. in, in some direction um, or he hit something. So uh, I, I really do appreciate shows that take that. And the expanse was really good about um, one of the things I loved with that show is how they have to accelerate, decelerate by turning the ship around using the engines, but also how, weapons would affect yeah the ships themselves and you don't get to see there hasn't been a lot of video right like contents books and there's stuff like that sure. but there's not a lot of movies or good high, high well-produced shows that kind of go through that you know and yeah. a bullet going through one of those ships projectiles there's no reason not to use bullets yeah. right everyone assumes yeah. oh we'll just use energy yep. weapons we'll just use lasers and like no why would you there's still going to yeah. be ballistics there's still going to be right projectiles there's still gonna be all these things and watching that is one of the cooler you know i would recommend anybody watch expanse and if you'd watch it for nothing else watch it for the physics that they yeah they have to abide by physics in that show and i think that's fascinating one of the things that really struck me was and you don't see this a lot in any sci-fi is when they're shooting their auto cannons the defensive weapons they're shooting their defensive weapons to kill missiles coming at them if you watch the video closely on let's say the port side of a ship they're firing the auto cannon on the starboard side. There's a thruster firing automatically. Yeah. And that's yep. just a little detail that nobody probably yep. thought about was, well, that's propulsion. Now that auto cannon yep. is propulsion. Now you have to compensate for that. And yep. that to me blew me away that they did that in the expanse. Like, yeah, everything in that, in that, that show. And I guess there's a movie that's coming out. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of them that I will rewatch too. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's sure. a rewatch for me as well. Yeah. yeah, and I also love that that show is our solar system. Like, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is very. You're cool not going to other solar systems, right? Right, your your belters, and, and you've got the you know the gravity differences and how that yep. impacts people who are born in space. It's a really interesting. If you're into science fiction, sounds like uh, Hapa, you're you're like Strange New Worlds is like one people should be checking out. We definitely. We're saying, hey, if you're into fantasy, check out at least the first two seasons of Witcher, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Rem the third one we'll talk about, and maybe the fourth one. But then, also, The Expanse gets a double stamp of approval from us. Like, if you if you're into science fiction, 
check out the expanse that's a show that um, i was really upset that they they ended to be honest with you like <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good good show um okay so i'm gonna add a thing here uh that we haven't done before so what you're watching so i'm gonna ask you know um i was gonna say what what are we hearing what are we listening to so i'll give you a second because i don't know if you were ready for me to ask you that but um i wanted to talk about maybe the albums or songs we we're listening to and so i'll go first uh there was a Greta Van Fleet album that came out this week. There were several albums that came out this week I was interested in, but Greta Van Fleet in particular, I've listened through it. And if you, have, if you haven't checked that out, um, it's good. And so the first time I ever heard Greta Van Fleet, someone sent me a demo. And it was this band, no one really, it was a friend of mine. He was like, hey, you got to check these guys out. He didn't really give me any explanation of, of what it was. And so I get this thing and I'm listening to it and I turn on and it was Greta Van Fleet. And I honestly thought these were lost Zeppelin tapes. As well, oh, wow. Like, this is the lost Led Zeppelin. If you haven't heard the original Greta Van Fleet stuff, they were very, very close to what a Zeppelin sound would be. And I don't, uh, while I don't, I'm not hating on them. A lot of people did initially hate on them because they're like too close to Zeppelin. They're affected. Um, you know, they're just trying to pretend to be Zeppelin now. Out to, to the folks from Zeppelin, like the, the guys in that band, to their credit, they said, I am not worried about it. They sound great. Um, and who wouldn't take more Zeppelin if we could get it anyway? Hell yeah. So, you know, so I'm not hating on them. But what I will say is this album from Greta Van Fleet, the one that came out Friday, is the first time I can say from top to bottom that I've heard that band that I think that whole band knows who they are now. This is a new oh, sound. Wow. Like, it's not a it's not a huge deviation, but it's no longer them being like Zeppelin. It's Greta Van Fleet. And so I will say this is, this to me is the first album from them that I would wholeheartedly say, you got to go check that album out. It is top to bottom, Take fantastic. Yeah, Lucas Nelson released some stuff too, so that's a good one. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely Greta Van Fleet. They looked so like a very retro rock band. Oh, if too. you've never if you've never sat and listened to them, you're gonna have to check them out. Yeah, I'll have to. I need to. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you after the podcast. I'll send you a, a couple of songs to check out. My my music tastes are are all across the spectrum from folk music to country music to bluegrass to yep. rock yep. to and um recently definitely opera big opera guy little, yeah yeah I'm, I'm huge huge uh sp specifically italian opera anyway um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um i listened to this group a bit last year and i i go through you know waves of listening to country to folk music to whatever but recently i picked this group back up called the dead south Oh, yeah. Okay. It's kind of funny. The Dead South is a Canadian band, but you, okay. I would have never guessed that they were Canadian. I would have 100% thought for every moment that they came from your neck of the woods or out in Alabama <laughs> or okay. a mixture folk country-ish music. Okay. Um, great music. Uh, great stories behind their songs. Great sound. The the lead vocalist has kind of a, a little bit higher pitched twang to him that I, I just kind of gravitate to. Um, and I honestly thought they were from, like I said, from Alabama, Mississippi, or Texas because they have a Texas folk sound to them too. If you've never heard Texas folk music, it sounds oh, yeah. very absolutely. Along I have. Um, yep. And you know, I, I joke that I'm a born-again Texan, um, but it really isn't a joke. Like, the more I go, 
every day I think, you know, I've literally become a Texan because I loved live music, Texas live music, and I love a lot of the culture here. Um, but yeah, and I've been just listening the hell out of the Dead South lately. Awesome. I'll just check them out. I haven't heard them. It's good. Will, it's feel good, upbeat music. It just really is. Yeah. Like, you know, so, but yeah. I will check that out. And then our, our final bit. What are we playing? I mean, and, and what I'm playing this is really a question. Stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> this is really a question for both of us because we generally play games together. Um, you know, we've got a couple friends we play with a lot. And uh, so lately we've been playing, you know, Battle Bits Remastered. We talked about this last podcast. And i got to be honest, I haven't gotten tired of the game. I, I think there's some tweaks to be made. But that's a, that's a great game, and it may have some lasting power. Three like, devs, that's a, man. Three devs. That's unbelievable. Um, we did pick up something new, though, that I want to make sure we mention, which is uh, <laughs> very surprising to me. PGA Tour 2K23. Yeah, no. why, so, why is um, it surprising to you? Well, so I picked this game up, right? Uh, I had it on my Xbox, and I, I really got tired of playing with the controller, and so I picked it up on PC because I wanted to play it. I'm getting back into golf. I love golf. I love watching golf, playing golf. Sure. I was like, ah, this is a great way to relax. And all of a sudden, our friend, you know, Deacon, he was like, hey, I'll play golf. So he starts playing, and then you hit me up. Hey, I'll play golf. And so we end up with this. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. We have a lot of fun just playing golf, yeah. talking. A yeah. lot like this, in fact, just talking and laughing, right? It's yeah. just hilarious. I mean, you can't putt, right? Like I, I cannot putt, Seven. Like, you can't I can't putt. putt to save my life. <laughs> it's it's. It is to the point of being a meme, right? Um, like I can't get out of bunkers, right? So we have a lot of fun, uh, and in in many ways, it's been interesting to me because it, it probably mimics the way the three of us would act on a golf course, which would probably get us kicked off the course for life. But, I think we would definitely um, get kicked off. <laughs> yep. But it has been fun. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna start doing some. You know, we talked about doing some streams, uh, maybe on some Sundays or something. For so sure. Stay tuned for anyone. Um, so, so that's that's really our last bit. I want to make sure I covered. I didn't cover at the beginning. A little bit of housekeeping to make sure to tell everybody. Um, this podcast is available uh, wherever you get podcasts. But also, if you would like to watch us do this live, we do this live on YouTube. You can check us out at Real Talk um, with Happen Seven. So you can come check that out on on YouTube. We do follow along in chat as people are talking in chat. I'm not gonna. Uh, we don't generally address it vocally, you know, because the, the podcast wouldn't make any sense. But I will say we do chat back, and so we love to see people, you know, hanging out, watching, uh, hopefully enjoying what we're talking about here, and our dumbasses talk about stuff. So, um, so yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that you had a good a good time tonight. Having a conversation. I always do. I, I always. I don't. I don't think yeah. I've had a single bad time when we're just chatting, man. Like uh, that's one of the reasons why I think you and I wanted to do this. You know, this was. To be clear, this was an idea that we had thought up. I think I think we're going on two years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, we had the idea. It wasn't just me and 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 Seven to be clear that had the idea, but I think Seven and I were the only ones that maybe a had a clarity in our schedule enough to do yep. it, um, and and b really had the drive to routinely be available. Um, and it's to no fault to, to our friends, by the way. I'd, I don't want no, that to sound no. like, you know, that's a bad thing. If people have real lives. I know it's crazy to think about people having actual lives in the world. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it, this for me, this is a, a project of love, man. Like, and that was one of the things we talked about, right, was I never wanted the podcast to get to a point where it was work. And that's why we've had some dead time in between various episodes or whatever, because Seven has like a real life 
job that he actually does. I know it's crazy <laughs> to think about. Um, I'm the slacker that just kind of floats yeah, by. Believe it or not, day. no one's really paying me what I need to make doing justice. <laughs> but we talked about it last time. You get us to, I'm telling you get you. us to making a, a, you know, I would call it a rough, you know, million a year or so each. And I'll, I'll do this full time. Shoot, you get me to 100 grand a year, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, you know, happy. I don't want it to go back, hey, pass without saying, here we are, you know, at the end of this recording, this podcast. And this is a, we were on schedule. This is the first time we've ever done it on schedule. It's crazy. And so, yeah, our schedule is supposed to be every other Tuesday. So if, if you want to hang out, we will do it live every other Tuesday. And then usually, um, if I can get my act together, we'll have the, the audio only version of the podcast posted tomorrow. Um, at the latest, it'll be Thursday. And uh, then we'll probably have the, it sounds like we're going to have the video podcast posted um, as well. So that'll be on, on Spotify and, and wherever you get your stuff. So we're, we're working it. I, I, one of the things I've really, I really have genuinely loved is if you look at our, our pilot and you go through the episodes, we have progressively gotten better, whether that's video quality, audio <laughs> quality, whatever the case would be, because Seven and I, you know, he Let's is... put in the work, man. It's like you were you saying know, earlier. Yeah. What are you... You're like, you're like a good thousand miles from me, right? Something like that? Ish? Yeah. How far apart are we, actually? I don't yeah. know. I don't honestly know off the top of my head. But, I mean, the fact that we're doing this podcast from that kind of distance with that differing schedules, I think, is pretty amazing. Um, and we've been progressively getting better. Audio has been getting better. That's one thing I definitely have to credit Seven for. Uh, specifically, this mic right here has been a game changer for me. <laughs> Huge game changer. You know, one day we should too. talk about that mic. I'm telling you. It's this. Honestly, this has been, of all the gear in this room, um, for the stream specifically, not all the bullshit behind me, again, excuse the language, but all the hardware I had for streaming, I probably have a good... Six, seven thousand dollars worth of hardware here in front of me. This microphone, which is a fraction of that cost, was probably the most valuable piece to me, at least. Yeah, so yeah, having a microphone you don't have to stress over me, it just it changes for it. sure, for sure. But, um, but yeah, so, um, for those of you out there listening, if you do a search for HAPA underscore fodder F O D D E R. If you Google it, you'll pretty much come across me anywhere. I've been pretty lucky. Nobody, I'm not important enough for anybody to impersonate me. That's not a freaking suggestion to anybody out there. Uh, <laughs> Gauntlet throne. Right. You'll, you'll run up, across buddy. me. My Instagram is mostly for my my food, food posts and IRL posts. My Twitter is mostly for random stuff. And my Facebook's mostly for gaming. And then, of course, here we are with Real Talk with Happa and Seven. You can Google that as well and you'll... Probably, I actually Googled us the other day on a incognito browser, and we came up on literally every platform you could download a podcast on. So that was Ooh, a win fancy. for me. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, fancy. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Where can they find you? So you know, much like you, you can uh, search for S three V Y N pretty much anywhere. Um, it's a name, a moniker I've had since roughly nineteen ninety nine, a little bit before that. So it's been around. Uh, chances are you will find me. So that could be Twitter. That's going to be the most, the probably the best place to get me. But also, uh, like I was talking about earlier, I do camp accounts. Check them occasionally. So if you're on Threads or Instagram or Facebook or any of those, uh, you can find me there. You can also find me over on Twitch. That's probably the easiest way to find me. Um, and then at vii.tv, right, if anyone wants to check that out. So that's, you know, like you, pretty easy to find, quite honestly, uh, if anyone wants to look us up. 
And and for those of you listening out there, if you message us on any of those social media outlets or even make a comment here on the YouTube channel, if you have a topic you want us to kind of discuss or you're curious our thoughts on, please, please, please feel free to do that. I would love to do topics based off of our listeners or answer questions based off of our listeners. That could be a whole new segment as well. Um, but I appreciate the hell out of everybody that's listening or that's downloaded us or that's watching us. Um, Y'all make the world go round for us for the podcast. So comment, subscribe, like, and all that stuffs for the algorithm, as they say. Um, and I think that's it for us. For, was that episode six? Episode seven? We're episode on six, six. Look at Look at six. six the rooster. Three. We Actually, we didn't do what I, th- I said we were going to do. This yeah. episode, we, we, we tried to figure out. I, I think we're going to have an issue sometime in the future but the name of our podcast if you haven't noticed <laughs> is a whiskey cocktail and i'm not gonna lie i try to tie the name into the subject somehow and that's a lot of mental gymnastics i'm not, it's becoming I'm not, work <laughs> it's becoming work that's for and, sure and because we talked about that grown chicken <laughs> <laughs> This episode's called The Rooster, which was a drink specifically made for True Grit in 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 name of Rooster Cogburn, not Cogburn. What's it, what was his full name? Was it Rooster Cogburn? That was his name, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, but it is meant to be a little bit of kosher salt for the rim, a lime wedge, one and a half ounces of whiskey, half an ounce of sh- cinnamon schnapps, which I didn't even know cinnamon schnapps was a nah. thing. Yeah. And then four ounces of sarsaparilla. And that what that what this drink is meant to do is kind of bring out the old west. And I think if you mix some sarsaparilla whiskey, you're you're hitting that metric. So I, I, th- yeah. I think you've done it. Yeah. You might I'm gonna have try to it. actually make it. I'm, i wanna give it a shot. So but uh yeah, but yeah. try it. just let me know what you think. I I'm excited, man. We Seven and I have we've been spitballing all kinds of ideas actually to add on to the the podcast as well so uh yep hopefully there's some good things to come in the future so but appreciate the hell out of every single one of y'all and we hope that you continue to listen and continue to watch or uh follow our other platforms you have anything finally to say there buddy i don't but i hope everybody has a good night and appreciate you and appreciate everyone hanging out and downloading us later and we'll see you next time cheers to all of you